Nick's watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nick's is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nick's and Grace. Welcome to episode 38 of There's No Place Like Terra, a Stargate First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace, and today we're going over season two, episode 15, A Matter of Time, or as I like to call it, science! <laughs> there was a lot of times during this episode where I got lost and just looked over at Nixie and went, science! <laughs> yeah. It is to say, there's a couple different science according to Stargate segments in this one. Luckily, because we have Nixie to lead us through it. For me, it's just like, yay! Fun That's when I looked over at her and I was like, you got this, right? You you got this? And I was like, no, I got this. Don't worry, I got this. Yeah, I was like, okay, science! But yeah, it's a good time. Um, so this one first aired on December 9th, 1988. We're almost to 1999. Um, story by Misha Rachevich, ah. um, and written by Brad Wright, directed by Jimmy Kaufman, who also directed Tin Man. Oh, okay. I think this is second and last, um, directorial credit. Oh, weird, because those don't feel like the same nope. type of episode at all. At I would all. have never put those together. At all. Good old Tin Man. So Marshall Teague... I think that's pronounced correctly. Uh, mm-hmm. It's Colonel Cromwell. He is sort of the, a face familiar to science fiction audiences okay. in this era. Babylon 5, Stargate DS9, and Voyager. He's been in just countless things, including The Rock and Armageddon. And in Armageddon, oh. he's also a colonel. So that's nice. fun. Um, Colin Cunningham plays Major Davis. This is the first time we get to meet Davis, okay. who we will get to know do you he, think they named him after Donna's Davis? Sure. Sure. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. Um, Colin is currently, after Stargate, sort of best known for playing John Pope in Falling Skies, which is a series that I started watching and I really want to go back and catch it up because it it's, was really good, the parts I that I saw. I don't know what that was. It's kind of, um, this. it's like aliens invade Earth, okay. fighting them off. It's I think gotcha. Walking Dead, but aliens. Oh, I'm okay with that. Kind of. I might watch that. I could it's maybe like a t- I think it's that. TNT show. You know, it's summertime. It's time to yeah. find something. Okay, I, that that feels familiar now. Yeah, you said it was a TNT show. It has. I um, like I it has. Um, uh, I just forgot. Uh, come some pretty Nola person. Wiley. Yes, yes, I do know what it yes. is. I was about to say ER, no. Yeah, that is ER, Actually, doctor. I was about to say librarians. Yeah, well, that works, too. <laughs> you know, we all know that I like my adventurers, uh-huh. and so I definitely know that one. <laughs> um, he was um, also in shows like Da Vinci's Inquest, and uh, he was in a Twilight Zone episode, so, awesome. you know. I think I watched da, Vin- da Vinci's Quest. Was that what it was da called? Da Vinci's, da Vinci's Inquest. Quest. Da Vinci's Inquest. Yeah. Because there was a couple times where the TV station I used to work at, that was one of the like late, late night shows oh, that we gotcha, would air. Gotcha. And so I'd sit there and hang out with our master control operators and be like, what is this? And he's like, I don't know, but it's kind of awesome. So I think there was a couple of times where I, we caught those, but not on purpose. But we definitely caught those. Yeah. Um, and we get Simmons back in this episode. The one who had a crush on Sam. That's right. When Jack was pinned to the wall. Yes. Um, yeah. So he's back in this episode. He, they're a little bit lighter on the Sam crush plot line. Yeah. Though. Well, um, she's busy sciencing up the life. She is life. sciencing up everything. She's like, I'm busy shining over here. I mean, literally math on a on a whiteboard sciencing it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, she's in her element. And Daniel's only, only in the last scene of this episode. I don't know for sure, mm-hmm. but I think it's because his daughter was born around this time. Oh, because paternity I'm, leave. I'm pretty sure that RDA and him both had daughters just like a couple weeks apart from each other. So. I think that's why he wasn't. Or maybe they were both like, quote unquote, my daughter is born. <laughs> I'm going to go do things because my daughter, daughter is, born. is and, born. And then, uh, so, so already did that. And, and then uh, Shanks was like, that's a good idea. Yeah. Oh yeah, my daughter's born too. My, my daughter. My kid. <laughs> yeah. Poops a lot, guys. Yeah. It's so sure. much poop everywhere. It's just pooping all over. The, that's what they just poop from everywhere. That's, that's how what, kids work, that's right? That's basically the one thing I know about poop. newborns. 
just, just they poop everything comes out of all the orifices. <laughs> Not that I have any of my own either, but I know that they just make a lot of sounds. You have a little bit more experience. Than I, I do. I do have with a little more experience. The new humans. Yeah, I, I, I did help my sister with a couple of hers, and the, the f- things just leak out of all the holes. And uh, and they make weird sounds. Yeah, not <laughs> and the overly. smells aren't great either. <laughs> so into the episode. <laughs> so we start on P three W four five one, or at least in the space around the planet. Um, we're sort of doing the the opening credit sequence of Star Trek in that we're flying around the sun and yeah, you know, then. And we this see, was a little different for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we've never done an opening quite like this one. And we see uh, the sun is slowly being eaten by a newly formed black hole. Yep. Um, not sure what they're saying collapsed to form the black hole. I don't know if they're saying it's a neutron star, maybe, but um, I don't think those normally create black holes. I could be wrong. <laughs> Pretty sure it's supermassive. Anyway, um, we see <laughs> it starting to... Well, now we're singing a Muse song. First we started with a Depeche Mode song, and now we're going into supermassive black hole, which is a Muse song. It's just all the... Okay, I don't I'm know done. that one. I, I'm, I can sing them all for I'm you, but sure I can't can. hit the falsetto quite like he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we see the the new the the baby black hole starts eating everything. Speaking of babies eating everything, um, mm, that's true. And we actually see the accretion disk forming around it, which is the accretion disk is kind of the how you see a lot of times how you see a black hole. You don't see the actual black hole. Okay. You see everything is goes into the orbit around it. Okay, is that um, kind of like the dip that happens? No, that's literally like the it's like the the flat disk of okay. stuff around it. Gotcha. Like. When our sun formed, right. it had like a creation disk around it, and that all the stuff in the creation disk formed into all the planets and everything. Okay. Um, That's so, so it's cool. like the it's just like the the it's rotating so fast as it rotates, the stuff kind of gets shrunk in. If you can think of like ring, like the rings of Saturn okay. type thing, um, and eventually it's gonna just get eaten by the black hole. Okay. Yeah. So just scientific magics. Yep. Got it. Gravity, man. I dig it. Thou heartless bitch. Uh, <laughs> so we cut to a desert planet and a team running through it in slow-mo. Even their voices are slow and deep as they run. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're running to the gate to dial home and their leader, um, Boyd, looks up in sheer terror at whatever is in yeah. the sky above them. So back at the SGC, Jack is having Sam explain wormholes and the gates again, um, and that wormholes aren't always there, and the fact that they're called wormholes, and you can imagine the galaxy is an apple, and the wormholes burrow their way through the apple like a worm. Uh, I gotta say, that was a really cool little analogy, because I'm not gonna lie, my questions aren't far behind Jack's. Yeah, well, okay, so I have one issue with that, but... Um, so the, the worm travels, you know, burrows its way through the apple, um, uh-huh. which is, you know, sort of why wormhole, but instead of traveling around the outside surface, the skin of the apple, okay. and of course the diameter of the apple is just a 2D representation of space time and well, the whole early a hole, but an interdimensional sure. conduit. Uh, at this point, Jack's brand is hurting and suddenly we have an unscheduled incoming wormhole. Yeah. Here's my issue. I call bullshit that Jack does not understand what wormholes are. That's true. Because we've already known he's an astronomer. He knows about, he knew about black holes and singularity. That's true. Like, he is at the very least at my level of astronomy and physics knowledge. Yeah. That's- like, because he, we know he's into space and astronomy. He, he is into space. He knows things a little more. That's definitely put there for the audience. Yes. They used him. Here's the thing. If Daniel was in this episode, I would have I would have bought that more. Right. Coming from Daniel. Even Teal'c. I would yeah. buy Teal'c asking her. So how do, we, how do we make this okay with ourselves? Is it the idea that Jack just kind of trusts Sam to know a little more than he does? So maybe we caught the surface conversation. There's uh-huh. more. But yeah, no, I'm with you. He's got to know a little more. He's a smart dude. You know what what my brain kind of says is that in the same way that they kind of had to write Jack out of the one that yeah, uh, that of of spirits. Yeah, and so they gave a lot of his lines to Sam. So sort of some of Sam's lines sound more Jackie. I wonder if. This was supposed to be a Daniel Daniel line, line. yeah, and they gave to Jack. But I was like, it it would have made a lot more sense to me coming from Teal'c. 
Well, see, and I think that conversation would have been too complicated with Teal because what analogies no. are you going to use? You can't really use the apple and yeah, the worm. I'm and, pretty sure he knows what an apple is at this point. R- right, but I think it was the idea that we need someone we can relate to a little more. Teal is awesome, but he's still not our layman. Mm, true. I and, just, and Teal might secretly know a little more than we do. This is true. I just have, anyways. Yeah, no, it's a tough one. It's a tough call to make. Part one of Science According to Stargate. <laughs> um, so, wormhole are aka the other name that they're known by is Einstein Rosen Bridges. Mm. Um and um band name. Yeah, and unlike black holes, these are still kind of just a theory. Like one of the really, really thought out, we have a lot of, you know, arrows that point to it, but it's still a th- we haven't been able to we haven't found one, haven't been able to make one type thing. Okay. Um and as we know from the series, it connects two opposite parts of space-time. And so in theory, you can travel in time as well in space in them, because space and time are, there's a reason it's called space-time. They're like the same, it's the same fabric. So really right now, the only thing that keeps the Stargate from essentially being a wormhole is that it can't travel to time. But it... Would that be there's n- We have no evidence that this cannot travel in time. Okay, that's true. We have, we have, just because we currently haven't seen it travel through time. Okay. Does not mean, because time and space really are the same thing. Gotcha. And so if it can travel through space in that way, there's nothing saying that it can't travel through time. Dig it. I'm with you. Um, So, um, and the the phrase wormhole was coined in um, 1957 by a German mathematician, Hermann Weil. Weil? Weil? I don't know. I should know that. I'm pretty sure I had that name on a test. (laughs) <laughs> but I know how to spell it yeah. and pronounce it. That's all that matters. Um, so there's a lot of cases where wormholes and black holes are sort of intertwined and connected together theory-wise. Okay. Um, there is a, there's a couple of theories that black holes are simply entry points for wormholes. And if you get sucked in one, oh. you get spit out of a quote-unquote white hole. And there's a couple of really fun theories that says that the Big Bang was actually the product of a white hole. That, like, everything was sucked into a black hole, it spews out of a white hole, and that's essentially a Big Bang for the universe. So it's like an universe. in and out point, basically. Yeah. So the black yeah. hole becomes an in point, and then the white hole becomes an out point. Exactly. So it's like squeeze matter in, squeeze yep. matter out. And we haven't found anything with a white hole either, okay. so... Um, the only thing we know for sure is that essentially a black hole is like a crushing amount of gravity. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I, trust me, I have the whole black hole section gotcha. later. Gotcha. Um, and so the theoretical possibilities of wormholes are amazing. They're so, they're some of my favorite things to read because they're so varied. There's some crazy hypotheses out there. I could do a whole podcast between traveling faster than light, um, and time <laughs> travel and the idea that you could use a wormhole to propel a ship or even head into a different universe. Um, this is not, they, wormholes are not the basis of warp drives in okay. Star Trek though. Gotcha. Um, they bend. They bend space for that one, which oh. is a different sort of thing. That's a different thought process. Yes. Okay. Um, and because so, that would require a little more control, whereas these you've kind of just an in and out point. There are some science fiction shows like Farscape, which okay. I would like you to watch that that have wormholes. The other one is actually most recently is Interstellar. Oh, okay. So Interstellar has both um, black holes and wormholes. And if you haven't seen um, Interstellar, I cannot, I cannot recommend it more for you guys. I did watch that. I did like that. So Kip Thorne is a, a, is probably the most well-known name in researching okay. wormholes and things. Uh, he has put forth a ton of research into black holes as well. Um, he's, he's a, he's a name that's, that's, one of the more well-known ones. Um, <laughs> he was actually the scientific consultant for Interstellar. Oh, cool. So even how the light bends as they're traveling through the wormhole, he helped like figure that out using math from the general theory of relativity, the equations. Wow. So the light's even bending in a scientifically supported way. Um, to the point that Nolan wanted someone to travel faster than light, and Kip spent weeks talking him out of it. Wow. Because you can't travel faster than light Unless you're faking it in something right. like a wormhole or something like this. But okay. he just wanted someone to travel fashion light, like warp drive style. But that's not actually Which you possible. can't know. It's not. Okay. Um, and he succeeded in talking him out of that. Um, Dig it, man. I'm actually, side note, I'm a fan of Kip Thorne also because he's a colleague. Uh, and he knew Stephen, he knows Stephen Hawking, knew Carl Sagan. Oh, and wow. If I haven't already. So he runs with the big kids. Yes. <laughs> if I haven't already professed my love of Carl Sagan. 
<laughs> in this. Uh, Nobody tell bartender Nick. <laughs> I love Carl Sagan. I have I have almost his complete bibliography except for a couple of the really harder to get. They were you know out of print, limited run things, um, but. Yeah, I'm a big... And there's actually, um, when we get to black holes, uh, actually, about when we get to time dilation, there's a really cool video from the original Cosmos that I'm going to try to post on Tuesday. Take it. Because it explains things pretty well. So. I'm just going to sit here and take a drink. Back to the episode. <laughs> um, we learn... This is where we learn Daniel's off-world with SG-6 on a dig. Um, and they the signal they're getting through the gate isn't a GDO transmission. It's way too low frequency, but it is repeating... So it's not random. So Sam has Simmons, or as you can just call him for this episode, the not Walter. Right. Uh, That's right. I did notice that. I was like, where is our Walter? Yeah. Simmons is standing in for Walter. Uh, maybe he had a kid, too. Maybe Walter <laughs> had a kid. It's like, that's right. I'm calling paternity leave as well. <laughs> um, so he runs it through the computer at uh, six times the speed. And yeah, it actually is a GDO transmission from SG-10. Uh. So they open the iris, and no one comes through, and the gate disconnects. So Jack immediately wants to do a rescue mission, but Hammond's like, hold, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, take whoa. take a breath. <laughs> take a breath here. Uh, he wants a, pro- a melp on the ramp first, and SG-1 and SG-3 will be standing by for a rescue after, if that goes well. Mm-hmm. And credits. So. So we know that things are happening. Yes. It's kind of a... You know, it was an interesting start to not start with our SG team mm-hmm. right off the bat. And I was like, okay, something interesting is happening. This isn't our team. What's happening? Why is this happening? Where's our guys It's at? also, this is not our team. So essentially they're red shirts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Why are we starting the episode with a bunch of red shirts? Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I like that. For a minute I was like, did is there shapeshifters? This would be cool if there well, were shapeshifters. I also like for a moment you're like, is the re- is the playback broken? What's happening? Why yeah. is it why is it slow? Is it Yeah. Did- no, I definitely got a little confused. <laughs> why? Why is this my life? Where is my life? Why is it going normal speed? <laughs> Somebody changed the batteries on this thing. <laughs> so as we come back from credits, the melt is prepped on the on the ramp and we learn that SG10 was an unexploratory mission to P3W451 mm-hmm. and it is or was or is a binary system there's no signs of attack uh if there is any life on the planet it became extinct fairly recently uh and simmons is playing um yeah we already mentioned that simmons is playing walter on this yes. mission and he's calling out the chevrons and jack wants to go on the rescue now and hammond's like what did i just say hold your horses right calm down a second Let's just see what shit is on the other side. You know, I like that. I, I, I feel like whenever Hammond is around, he's the voice of reason. Most like of the time. Jack Most will of the time. only take on the voice of reason role if Hammond's not around. Ex- well, or, like, or not taking on the role. Yeah, but like, sometimes yeah. he's been there and we're like, Hammond, that doesn't sound like the best but, decision But I making. love that Jack will... Take the opportunity to be like a rash yeah. basket case <laughs> because he's like, Well, I haven't here, you'll hold me back. I love that kind of trust in their dynamic. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, fine, I'll send back now. So they send the melt through and they just get a blurry red image. Uh, and so they're getting a signal, and it turns out they're just getting it much slower, kind of like the GDO signal. Sure, yeah. Sam has Simmons compensate and squash the, the light wavelength since red's the longest wavelength. Oh. Um, and so they squish it. The blue is the shortest. Okay. I think um, I knew that. And that's shorter to like the gamma radiation side and red's gotcha. longest and that's closer to like the radio waves. Okay. Um, and so in, in, they say in six minutes, they've only gotten 11 frames of video. Holy Although my Lord. issue is that it hasn't been six minutes since you've sent that melt through the gate. It's that's been true. like 30 seconds. Yeah. But they've gotten 11 frames of video. And so Jack's ready to go just based on the look on Boyd's face. That's enough for him. But Sam's like, no, we can't go yeah. through the gate. The- and Jack's like, what now? <laughs> because death. Yeah. <laughs> so somehow the MELP reacts in real time, even with the time dilation, mm-hmm. which is actually the point in this episode that I think annoys me the most. 
Um, but it pans up and we well, match. the mouth has no bounds. <laughs> yeah, not even time nor space. It, it annoys me more than the magical digital enhancement that they do <laughs> yeah, on the sky. Oh, let's not get there yet. <laughs> uh, because it totally works that way, guys. Um, and Jack recognizes immediately Enhance, as a black enhanced. hole. <laughs> so he didn't know what a wormhole was, but he instantly recognized this Maybe thing as a black hole. Maybe he focused all his energy on black holes. Maybe he's Maybe. just not in that part of whatever book he's reading. I guess. He's like, first they introduced you to black holes and then wormholes, and he was like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm going to stop here. I know all I'll need to know. Yeah. I never want to learn another thing again. I'm done. So, he, you know, as the closer you get to a black <laughs> hole, time slows down. And SG-10 is Definitely. actively trying to get to the gate. It's just that only a couple seconds have passed for them. Okay. So, Jack... Which, and we kind of caught a glimpse of that right in the yeah, intro. Yeah, exactly. And that's why they were slow. So, that's almost like real... It was being done in real time... Because we were getting their perspective. From a third-party perspective. Yeah. Well, to them, it's it's normal speed. Yeah. They don't realize that they're going slow. Right. Okay. It's the same way that later on this episode, those in the SGC don't yeah. realize that time that's is right. passing any differently. Um, so Jack now realizes that they can't save them. And Sam explains that their bodies will slowly be torn apart by increasing tidal waves, uh, which is actually fun fact called spaghettification. Spaghettification? Spaghettification. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is the name of a band. Because <laughs> I'm going to use that as like a, a curse word. Yeah. Spaghettification. Spaghettification. Uh, it's also really fun to say, but basically the, the gravitational waves are in a... If you were to fall into a black hole, you would get torn apart and literally just stretched into a line of single atoms. Like a spaghetti. Like a piece of spaghetti. Like delicious, delicious, grace-flavored spaghetti. Yes. I'm in. Yeah. Spaghettification. Uh, to be fair, you wouldn't be alive for very long as you're getting smushed. Um, yeah, at what point do you lose? Like, do you feel your legs being pulled? Or do you, like, I know that it probably yeah. not works that way, but it's like, oh, oh, this just feels like gravity. And you actually kind of, in Interstellar, you kind of see that because you see when he was doing something, you saw his fingers That's start right. to get it longer. Start, it starts to look like, because because we're designers, it starts yeah. to look like when you pull a texture too far yep, yep. and it's brush not tool. quite long enough. Brush tool. And you just stretch the yep. edge of that piece yep, and yep. you're like, oh, Oh, that looks weird. Grow that. Grow that. <laughs> um, dig it. So Hammond orders the Stargate disengaged, and Sam argues that by a fluke, they're witnessing something that the laws of physics say they can't possibly witness. And Jack messing shoots- with the primordial forces of nature. <laughs> I've not Jack- been watching Ghostbusters. Jack shoots back very firmly that they are witnessing good men die in slow motion. That's captain, actually true. And Sam's like, "Oh shit, that's right. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm done. Sorry. I gotta be honest. I gotta be with you know as someone who's worked in news. Yeah, uh, it's not." the same as what she's doing no but there are times where you get stuck you forget that there's people well, involved it's also and you're like things there's a, there's a very low chance that i will witness something like this again yeah and, and it takes a minute to find your humanity there's also um there's also times where and i you know this may or may not be a case where even when you are witnessing this horrible thing in, if you have a certain job, it's also your job to capture it. Yeah. Well, and um, that's the thing. It's tough. It's tough to find your humanity to, to know when to hang on to that. To flip over to uh, an example from West Wing, because I'm rewatching West Wing right now. <laughs> uh, there, the episode I think is just called Gaza, um, uh-huh. where um, Admiral Fitz and Donna are involved. There, they're in. I think they well they're in Gaza it's the, right. the episode the bombing on and the there's there is a car bomb under the car and it goes off and and Donna has uh, become involved with a local photojournalist there that's right and he runs over with his camera and there's blocking him from helping and so he kind of just he hates it but he's a photojournalist so he puts his camera up and starts taking these photos yeah. of this person he's starting to fall in love with unconscious and dying yeah. essentially in front of him but he's like but I'm a photojournalist and this is news horribly enough yeah yeah you know so I see it's both, a fine line to draw yeah I see both sides of this I see you know I love the science half of her side got super nerdy and giddy about the chance to learn about this moment so I see Jack's side of like no this is someone who's dying mm-hmm. and we should respect them to not sit here and glorify this. It's tough this. to remember that when you when your life has been dedicated to yeah, finding these because things. there's also she has a point of this shouldn't physically be we could learn yeah a hundred years of physics well, and by I, being and able I to wonder, monitor this. You, you know we can't we can't make this decision exactly but I wonder how 
you know, if, if I'm in that situation, I can tell you beforehand, hey, if I'm ever in this shitty situation, I want you to document it all for the good of the future. Exactly. But we don't know that they feel that way. No. Because but also this way, their deaths are not a waste. Exactly. They're being able to learn this knowledge that, that you know, they literally go out into space every day. You don't know that this knowledge being That's able fair. to monitor the black hole in this way mm-hmm. is something that could benefit them in the future. That's true. Um but anyway, so they try to shut it down, and they can't. Simmons has tried twice now. They cannot shut down the gate. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So next segment of Science Screen Stargate. Okay. Um, so black holes. Black hole is it, the, the you know, 20-cent response is it's just a, a point in space that has such strong gravity and literally pulls space-time in around it. Space and time. To this one point, Just because crushing it's, amounts of gravity, because the mass is so massive. On and we're talking, we're not talking like oh, it's the size of the sun. Like in theory, this is literally a point in space. Like right. things get crammed in so densely that it could be held in your house, type thing. It's it's dark matter. It's in the purest sense. Well, dark be, matter is or, different. Okay. Dark gotcha. matter is a whole different I gotcha. realm. Okay. I think they talk about dark matter at some point in this. I'm sure they talk about some point in the series, so I can sure. get into that later. Um, not even light can escape, hence the term black hole. Okay. That makes um, sense. So there, the point of no return is called the event horizon, which they, I guess they, because you also have the, 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 puddle of the worm of the gotcha. stargates called yes. event horizon and i think they just use that because that's essentially the point of no return right um once you hit that you've, you're done yeah once you pass that point you can't interact with an outside observer anymore because so, you're basically gone at that point exactly like if you were on the other side uh-huh. of, of the event horizon even if we're standing like 100 feet away from each other there's no there's you nothing you can do can reach the other side of that event Because of that massive pull of gravity. Exactly, because light can't get past it wow. anymore. Wow, okay. Um, and the the event horizon is also the, the Schwarzschild's radius, which is the point in which uh, the escape velocity is faster than the speed of light, which you can't escape. Right, because you'll um, never catch up to it. Yeah, the, okay. so the Schwarzschild's radius is basically the math in which of how you get the diameter that is the event horizon. Okay, cool. Um, I actually, so there's a formula for that. The, yeah, the idea that you'll never formula. catch up to it. In fact, I actually, one of my senior pieces in college, uh, one of my final uh, showcase pieces, was a artistic depiction of the Schwarzschild radius. That's kind of cool. Because I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> again, in case anybody was wondering. <laughs> again, if because you want, we were. <laughs> if you want a really cool, a, a very nice, fairly accurate, pretty accurate explanation of black holes, watch Interstellar. Um, so the idea that you could have a body that light couldn't escape was first thought of by John uh, Mitchell in 1783. Okay. But Einstein really brought the theory into the fold along with the theory of general relativity. Sure. Well, someone has to throw the idea out there. And I feel like Einstein maybe was the guy who kind of was like, let's take this and run with it a exactly. little. Exactly. And, okay. and it became like actually listened to by the scientific community. It got out past the scientific yeah. community into the general populace. Um, so most assume black holes form when a supermassive star star collapse at the end of its life. Okay. Um, and these are not like the sun is not a supermassive star. It's We're talking just a regular like, star, right? Like according to like, these terms, ours is kind of on the small end of average. Okay. Um, we were talking about like the massives, like bigger than Betelgeuse, like okay. huge, huge, huge stuns. So the idea is that these things themselves are so enormous that when they yes. go, they take things down. They with take them. things down with them. Yeah. Um, and after that, they just keep eating everything around them. Jeez. It could even be other suns or other black holes. And if, as it eats more and maybe if it eats another black hole, that's how you get super massive black holes, Okay, which are like millions of of times more massive than like our solar system even wow and there's most assume also pretty assured that they're at the center of most major galaxies because their gravitational force is literally hold the gravity together like that makes sense that there's would make a sense supermassive black hole at the center of the milky way and the rest of the galaxy is the accretion disk and that supermassive black hole is slowly eating the entire galaxy 
<laughs> I'm, I'm trying so hard to follow, and my brain's just like, dunched. It's like singing super massive black hole. Anybody else that listens to Muse, I know you know what I'm trying to do. It's not coming out. I can't carry it soon. Especially not the way they do. So the core... Our glaciers melting in the dead of night. That's all. I'm done. So the core of a black hole is called the singularity. Dang it. Um, and all of the mass just piles into one spot. Uh, it's basically an infinitely... In, it's, it's, mathematically, it's an infinitely dense spot. Okay. Um, so if you pass the event horizon, that's where you're going to end up. Okay. And so, again, there's the whole theory of, of if that is simply an entry point into a, uh, into a wormhole. Okay. And if it gets... At a certain point, certain density or whatever, it just, instead of holding all that mass, it just spits it out the other side. So, so to recap, black hole possibly caused by giant, giant stars falling it, well, apart, it, it dying. Is, it is. Okay. They're caused by... because Giant stars dying on yes. themselves. They're so big, they take shit out with them. Exactly. That horizon is the point of no return. They're yes. stuck on the other side. Exactly. Okay. Um, I did it! And the larger the black hole, the more that you could pass the point of no return and not ever notice it. You can just be, because unless it is a place that has an accretion disk that's really visible. Okay. Otherwise, you wouldn't see it. Light can't escape these things. We could be in it right now. Yes. That's actually (laughs) Um, kind of cool. But no, not really, because we have no time dilation. Dang. But... That you could, in theory, just Except be like... Except for our drinks. Dry. Oh, yeah. Our <laughs> drinks are actually called time dilation this week. Because um, there's fast and slow or something. There, yeah, there is... There is... Um, bourbon? There's bourbon. There is coffee-flavored curacao. Okay. And there is sage from our garden. And there is an egg white. And so it's amazing and drunk. It, this it's drink quite is strong. Drunk. It's quite strong. It's not me. The drink is drunk. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely what's going on. Um, so you could just be driving through space and suddenly be caught in Event Horizon because you, like, it's just... Minding your it's own a business. Hidden, it's a hidden mine, basically. Like, like the Jetsons in the little car just waiting for yep. your light to go, and then it just takes you. Um, which I think that... <laughs> I actually think that this... It's not. It's clearly not a supermassive black hole because it's just formed, but it's definitely a very large black hole because they are seeing the tidal forces. Okay. Um, before the gravitational effects, okay. they're seeing the time dilation tidal forces before the gravitational effects, and that's that's why like they just kind of snuck inside. They're actually getting close to the event horizon almost. Okay. Um, like our team or the team that's inside? The team that's inside is definitely They're already inside. on the other side. They're on the other it. side. Okay. Yeah. Basically, yes. They're they're gone, but. Like, the gate is basically acting like a dam, almost. Okay. In theory, they're inside the event horizon. I gotcha. I got it's it. It's just the fact that that, the fact that, that Stargazer is acting like a, a dam or a levee. It's holding it together. To, to prevent us. But that's why Holy she says moly. later that, like, that everything's going to get sucked into this thing. In six months, it'll be all of Colorado. Six right. months after that, who knows? Because everything's going to be funneled through and be and sucked through. And it goes exponentially, through. right? It's exponentially, gonna just, it's going to okay. get sucked through this Stargate. Gotcha. And once you get on the side, you're in the event horizon. Holy moly. Um, Thank you, Stargate, for yeah. really keeping us in check. And in theory, they could already be inside the event horizon. Because they turn it off by tricking the gate. Okay. If, if they weren't able to shut that gate down, there's no way to stop it. So That's in theory, true. even if they're on Earth, they're inside that have been horizon and they're Holy fucked. moly, my brain yeah. just exploded. Yeah. So back to the episode then. Oh yeah. So we cut to topside and there's a lot of guns being pointed at the entry to Cheyenne Mountain. Uh, we meet Colonel Cromwell, the perfect movie cliche of a drill sergeant, and uh, <laughs> he gets out of a Humvee and we learn that they lost contact with the SGC four hours ago. Mm-hmm. They pull up to the little doorway that we've seen them before, like, come in and out. So clearly that just goes directly to the SGC, it seems. Right. Bypassing the, the yeah, rest of Cheyenne Mountain. Yeah. For security reasons. Yep. There's also it's the fast like, pass yeah. version. Yeah. There's also just the tube that they repel <laughs> down later. Yeah. Um... And apparently before they're cut off, everyone started talking funky, which is the proper military terminology uh-huh. for talking you would say. real slow when your batteries die on your Walkman because 90s. Yeah, that's... <laughs> okay, that part made me laugh because, yes, I know that. I remember that. I remember being a kid and I had a Walkman yep. that I beat the shit out of. I think it was covered in green duct tape because that's... And not because I was cool or anything. Yeah, it, it was, was just the apart. only thing I could find around the house. 
And I was like, well, I keep dropping it. And so, yeah, the batteries would die, and I would just tape them in there, and I yep. learned my little tricks to keep... Yep. I'd put foil in there to make them last longer, because <laughs> for some reason I thought that worked. In my mind, it did. But, yeah, the Beatles have never sounded better yeah. than when they're going, like, way slower. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, the little door there takes you directly to sub-level 28, uh, and they're going to repel their way down the tube and not through the stairs elevator. I can't imagine if they have enough rope to get down there, because it's not like sub-level 28 is just 28 levels down. I'm pretty sure That's, it's further than that. Yeah. Um, There's anyway. probably other crap along the way, but yeah. sure, let's just take that for face value. So in Hammond's office, he picks up the red phone, and there's nothing on the other end. Dun, dun, dun. In the control room, Siler is trying to manually disconnect the superconductive interface, and Tilk goes to help him. Hammond comes down, and Sam explains that the gate should have turned off uh, on its own by now, and you know there's there's t- a time limit for the gate, uh, mm-hmm. and now it's drawing power directly. Not sure what directly from. I'm assuming yeah. the other side. Um, oh no, actually, it's because time's moving slower on the other side. So there's a paradox it's that the still thirty-eight wasn't effect for because this is the fir- they don't say thirty-eight, but this is the first mention of the thirty-eight minute window. Okay, we get to know and love the number thirty-eight. Okay, so the Stargate stays. It's not forty-two, but I'll take it exactly. <laughs> uh, well, conveniently, if they did a forty-two, they ha- they couldn't have a real-time counterclock <gasps> if they ever have. That's true. There you go. So um, they. Uh, there, the, the Stargate only can stay active for 38 minutes at a time. Okay. But on the other side of the gate, 38 minutes... Has not passed. Is, has not passed. And the Stargate was activated from the other side. Okay. So it's going to stay open a lot longer. The Stargate wasn't designed for that. So, so it's, it's stuck, stuck in a paradox. Okay. So it's drawing its power from that side. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like when your program times out, you can't connect to it because yep. you can't connect to it, but it's stuck because it's still yeah. trying to open. Exactly. I've never run into that a hundred <laughs> times while making a map of the world. So we see <laughs> uh, we see Teal'c in front of the gate, and the the ripples of the gate are starting to swirl, um, and they don't really know why yet. They've lost connection with everything above sub-level 24, so Hammond is going to head up to get above that, to get above the blackout, and mm. Jack asks what would happen if they just, you know, pulled the plug. That's true. Well, Just hard restart that sucker. Yeah. So Jack and Siler head off to a fenced off power section of the hallway and they start pulling breakers. They smartly have very heavy gloves on. Mm-hmm. Safety first. Sam tells Teal'c and everyone else to stand clear of the gate. Nothing. <laughs> so next they go, let's just pull the main breaker. Uh, which suddenly electrocutes Siler. There's sparks all over. The gate looks like it explodes, sends Tilt flying across the room. Uh, and I'm guessing that that wasn't j- like just the main, that was just the main power to the gate because they lose about half the lights, but other places still have lights on. Well, there's probably backup generators Yeah, I'm going. sure. Um, but Siler and Teal'c are now down after the firework display. Well, that'll happen. Yeah, it will. Let's take out our two biggest guys, shall yep, we? Let's that do works. that. So Sam goes to help Teal'c, uh, and he's just like, I, I'm fine. I'm going to walk it off. Yeah, <laughs> well, because that's what Teal'c does. <laughs> and Sam walks up to the Stargate, and she takes off her dog tags for some reason and holds them up to the gate, and they're started lifting up and are pulled by the black hole's gravity on the other side, and they fly through the gate. And she orders Simmons to close the iris. I gotta, I gotta imagine that as, as scary and dangerous as this moment is, and as big as it is, to Sam, there's a sense of curiosity oh, that she majorly. can't leave. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's gotta be why she pulls it out. She knows yeah. what it's gonna do. Exactly. She knows. She She's has like, watch to this. know. Watch this. Check, check out this thing I'm gonna do. I'm about to... She's like Jeff Goldblum in every science-based <laughs> movie. She's like, this is so exciting! Life will find a way. <laughs> Um, so Hammond steps out of the elevator to a dark corridor with lots of gun lights pointed at him, and mm-hmm. we meet Major Davis, who is with the Office of the Joint Chiefs, who quickly yeah. orders guns down, thankfully. Don't yeah. shoot Hammond. Davis explains that they assumed the SGC was under an alien incursion. A special forces team had been sent down before. Um, I guess that makes sense. If you haven't heard from them in a bazillion hours, which yeah. is kind of what's happened. Just four. It was yeah. four. Yeah. It shows how much how... Can you imagine how often Hammond gets phone calls that oh, he has uh, to answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, Jesus, I was taking a shit. I <laughs> There's was no aliens. There's no aliens. Listen, I ate a bad burrito. <laughs> I was on the toilet. Back off. <laughs> um, and uh, 
And so, but now they understand what's really going on, and Tom's of an essence. So yeah. he's going to brief Hammond on the way to Hammond's aircraft, and Hammond doesn't want to go anywhere until he talks to the president, okay. which is exactly where he's going. The president wants to talk to him in person. Wow. Yeah. So Janet is walking down a dark hallway when sparks come shooting out of an elevator shaft, and um, Cromwell and his commandos, I guess, shove their way on in, shove her against the wall, ask for her tags. Uh, they let her go, and she is rightfully pissed and yeah, confused. wouldn't blame her. I would have, like, lunged at someone. <laughs> He's like, who the hell are you? And this is Colonel Frank Cromwell, Air Force Special Operations. And basically, someone walked into your house and then, like, pushes you yeah. against a wall. I'd yeah, be like, yeah, yeah. fuck off, dude. <laughs> I live here. <laughs> so he says that five hours ago they lost contact with the facility. Uh, Janet assures him that it's they've not been overrun with alien hostiles. <laughs> Cromwell's like, from what I've heard, you can just be one of them. That's fair. And she's like, you're an idiot. Yeah. And they follow her down the hallway in the dark. Back on the surface, Hammond is suddenly in his dress blues. Sure. And Hammond explains that... He dresses like Superman. Like, he just, he's just yeah. done. He's done. He found a phone booth on the way up. The SGC has experienced time dilation. Mm-hmm. There's only two things according to relativity that cause this effect. Velocities near the speed of light or extreme gravity. Both true. Uh, yeah. Hammond says that they connected to the planet only ten minutes ago... Uh, and it was near the event horizon of a black hole. And Davis fills in that since time is basically the standstill on the other side, they can't turn the gate off. Mm-hmm. Hammond's like, how do you know that? And Davis is going, well, we had a couple more hours to think about this That's than true. you have. That, well, and they have, yeah. Because time's going faster on their exactly. side. Exactly. So time dilation is one of my fun physics uh, conundrums that I love. It's the slowing of time by product. Um, in this case... Um, uh, special relativity dictates that the gravitational fields are the thing slowing down time here. Okay. Because uh, everything, as you get closer to the singularity of a black hole, time slows down because of the gravitational effects. Okay. That's what causes the time. Because, so basically, gravity becomes stronger than time. In in like a it's, real layman basic. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what what actually is is that the further you are from a source of gravitation, the faster time goes. It's actually a real thing because you can have atomic clocks at different altitudes and okay. they'll tick differently. Well, that makes sense because there's no. It's almost like a tether. Again, we're talking about yeah. communications yes. major here. Don't yes. take anything I say at anything other than face value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so it's like there's no tether. There's no balance. For yeah. It. So yeah. if you don't have this thing balancing it, it kind of goes wherever it wants. It's like you can have. We have clocks at the surface of the planet, and one an ISS and mm-hmm. um, because it's further from gravity's like the gravitational points they tick at different speeds Beca- okay. in this case we're talking like nanoseconds gotcha um, but they still tick at different speeds clocks on ISS have to tick at a different rate to keep okay. on earth time Dig it, man. Um, I can explain this really well with my hands. Uh-huh. This is not a visual <laughs> podcast, so that kind of kills it. Um, We're going to upload sketches, like stick figure drawings that I yeah. put together. I'm going to do that. I'm so, not kidding. <laughs> so this is Taking why, my Sharpie. This is why I'm going to post one of my one of my favorite little bits of Carl Sagan's. we talking about time dilation on I Tuesday. Dig it. Yes. You can hear from an expert, not me. Um, <laughs> and, in terms, and then I will post my stick figure men. I'm doing it. <laughs> so in terms of the other way time dilation is traveling close to the speed of light and that is my favorite view is of the twin paradox which is if you have a twin okay you stay here on earth your twin travels out in space Mm -hmm. and travels at you know 90 percent the speed of light somehow we're not going to say how just travels out she's out there for 10 years and comes back you will have aged more Okay. I don't know the math of how much older, but you will be significantly older than your twin would be because as she was traveling closer to the speed of light, time moved slower for her. That makes She's sense. She's only aged a fraction of the bit. That's like our guys, our astronaut guys, Gabby Gifford's husband and yes. his brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those yeah. names I cannot remember. <laughs> um, that was kind of what they, that's, that, they weren't really looking at that issue, but But yes. that could happen. If the ISS was traveling Further. close to the speed of light okay. instead... Um, and if you're a fan of the Twin Paradox, like I am, and you're, if you're a fan of Robert Heinlein, like I am, uh, read Time for the Stars. It's okay. a, it's basically a novel about, a, no, a novella about the Twin Paradox. Dig it. Um, so, back at the infirmary, they're wheeling Siler in, uh, Teal'c is getting his electrical burns looked at. They're bad enough, he, even though, uh, they're even taking Teal'c out of commission for a few days, Yikes. which I highly doubt. Uh, yeah. 
But we hear he's like a gargoyle, like from the cartoon <laughs> gargoyles. Yes. Like, listen, the, he just needs to like sleep during the day and then come back, and the next morning he'll he's be fine. He'll be fine. He's totally fine. Yeah, yeah, be fine. I have not been watching gargoyles all day with boyfriend <laughs> Jesse. I promise. I love Except that show so much. <laughs> um, so. Um, they, they hear rumbling <laughs> from the mountain and even the camera shaking and gravity waves are now coming through the wormhole and Jack just orders Sam's to think of something. Just think of something. Think Fix of a it. thing. Fix it. Do it now. Fix it, Sam. Words. <laughs> so Jack runs into Janet and Cromwell in the hallway. Janet keeps walking. Jack and Cromwell know each other and neither one of them is happy about seeing each other. <laughs> so they walk into the command room and uh, Cromwell whistles at the Stargate and Jack explains um, how it's, you know, it's bad because things tend to get sucked into black holes. Sure. So the situation's bad. <laughs> Sam comes up uh, and Jack introduces Cromwell and that he's here to rescue us, but not to count on it. <laughs> they you know, get the indication that things they are... They may have worked together... Overly well between they them. They may have, like, at some point had a shitty project that no one came out a winner on. You know, sometimes group projects don't go well. <laughs> yeah, this one don't. did not go yeah, well. There you go. So Sam's watch reads uh, 1330 hours, uh, but Cromwell's reads 1900, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know about you. I got really good at knowing military time uh, yeah, because no. I have a parent that basically works exclusive in military time. Nice. Yeah, no. Not in the military. <laughs> uh, so we... I still have to sit there and go, okay, to so the subtract. Uh, I got good. She uh, she was a trauma nurse in the ER. Yep. So I got really good at learning military. She's like, it just makes more sense to be military time. I was like, yeah, but... but we're not leaving for something at 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> you can just say 5. Yeah. We, we're pretty sure that dinner's not at 5 a.m. <laughs> so, um, well, no, it wasn't that. It was like yeah. when you're late, the flight. Sure. Yeah, my yeah. flight's at 1330 hours. Yeah. I was like, I, well, I didn't think your flight was at 1 a.m. It's yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so we hear Simmons over the speaker. He's standing down by the gate and his voice is already distorting. The field is expanding past the gate. It's already seven Gs, over seven Gs at the gate now. Mm-hmm. Sam explains that somehow the warping of space-time is coming in in advance of the gravity field. And um, now with it, it's like it's most likely the bubblings caused by the Stargate itself. Okay. Um, and this is kind of what's saying with the large black hole, you can pass the event horizon. And, and not, not even realize it. it. Okay. Yeah, because you won't feel the space-time effects yet. See, I would be too busy being like, look how slow my voice is. <laughs> and then but be you like... you would not hear your voice that's be true. True, but if I was talking to someone and they're like, your voice is low down, you're on the other side, I'd be like, this is the devil. (laughs) I'm here to say terrible things at you. Which is kind of the plot of I episode like of Doctor Who. That's kind of yeah, and it's also, uh, it's also I, I think it's a South Park thing. It may or may not be. <laughs> and if there's any Blink One Eighty Two fans out there, there's a whole bit that they do in one of their live series that's like ten years old, maybe fifteen years old. Okay, I'm done. But I love how like Sam says something and it flies straight over Cromwell's head. Yeah, he's like because he's like time. Science. Is, he's like time is time, and Sam's like. No. Actually, no. Actually not. According to relativity, time is passing slower here than outside the mountain. They're not, like, they're not in the black hole yet, but the gravitational waves are expanding out of the Stargate like a bubble. That's And it's growing. And so she has to get out of the mountain and to work at the Pentagon before it grows even more. That and that's sense. when Hammond walks back in. He just came from the Pentagon. He's been there and back on nearly 18 hours. Jeez. Um... And they just had an all-night session with the president and the joint chiefs. And Jack just thought that he was on the phone in the other room. He's <laughs> been gone for like five minutes. So there is, uh, I just have to laugh. We heard uh, thunder from outside and uh-huh. Kaylee like gave ran. up the really tasty bone that we got from the butcher and just like ran underneath She's like, the oh desk. no, I'm not scared. I just uh, really into time dilation. Tell me some more. Just, uh, I'm just going to protect right you from here. the thunder. Yeah. Um, no, no, I'm not scared of <laughs> No, no. I'm a dog. I, we don't get scared of thunder. <laughs> so, uh, Hammond points out that there's a command point on the surface monitoring things, and the experts say that they have to commence a self-destruct for the Stargate now, because the idea is that the gravity field around the gate is going to mm-hmm. contain the blast to the facility. Sam's like, no. <laughs> Shit don't work that way. Yeah. They'll destroy the base, but the gate and the wormhole are going to be just fine. Yeah. 
They, then, they are immune to your puny things. It's just going to start eating the planet then. <laughs> it's basically Pac-Man. Yeah. And then Hammond's like, well, the orders come from the highest level. And Sam at that point, like, just can't press the issue any further. Because what She's else like, is she going to do? I know this is wrong, but I can't say anything. <laughs> um... Hammond orders uh, an evacuation of the SGC and needs volunteers to stay behind. Jack and Cromwell volunteer? And Jack asks for anyone else that's not Cromwell? And, <laughs> okay, I know how I said that the melt moving in real time is my biggest issue. No. This is my biggest issue. Him and Cromwell? How? No. How can Cromwell put a code into the computers to initiate the countdown, he's not stationed at the base. That's true. He's never been there. He he's would only not there. have yep. a code that the computer would register. He's an officer. Yes. He's not an officer of the SGC. That's very fair. Like, how would... There is no code. He does not have a self-destruct code for because the SGC. Because block device. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> I can understand if he's for some reason, like... And Hammond's because I know Sam can't stay down there. No, it Teal. He's not an officer. Does he not have a, a code to to just to blow the SGC? I guess the idea. I don't know. I I don't know that they would do this so willy nilly. But maybe is the idea Simmons, is that they're gonna die. Does, so they're like, here you go, take this fucking code. Does Simmons not have a code? Like <laughs> I just I ugh. yeah. I don't know. Anyways, we see Janet evacuating the infirmary. Uh, Teal'c is helping to get Siler out. In the control room, Hammond orders him uh, five minutes. Everyone out. Five minute head start. Then you get out of here yourself. That's fair. So everyone else reaches the surface. We learn Hammond's been uh, down there for 22 hours in upstairs time. Yeah. But to him, it was just 20 minutes. So Jeez. Sam points out that those five minutes he told Jack to wait will be six hours or more. Holy moly. And Hammond's like, relativity gives me a headache. Well, yeah. I, can pl- I can't blame him. Yeah. So back in the command room, Cromwell asks who's on the planet. It's Henry Boyd. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack's like, he kind of reminds me of Sam a bit. It was their first mission as a team together. And um, he looks so scared to death that his, because his planet's about to be swallowed up by a black right. hole. He's and basically he knows, knows death. Yeah. yeah. So up top, Sam is working on math, working on big dry erase boards. I love those things. Uh, Feels so old school and more creative than the piece of paper computer. Anyway, that she... That is a cool part. Yeah, I do like the dry erase She, board like, the- mindlessly takes coffee from an airman and then picks up a donut and then looks at it, going, how did this end up my hand? And then puts it back down. I, I, I love, love it. that she doesn't eat the donut. I'm like, eat the donut! You're fucking saving the universe! You can have a donut. Have, like, seven. No one's gonna judge you. you shove your face full of apple fritters. I just love it. Throw some bourbon in there with uh, Whatever makes you work faster. So, and then Teal comes up and puts his arm around her, <laughs> and I love this scene so much because these two people have been on the front lines. They have worked so closely together for a year, and they're more than just colleagues. Sure. They are two people, two friends that come up and put their arm around each other when they need a moment. Yeah. And it was, it was so effortless, and it was so natural, and it was so just a natural thing that these yeah. two characters would do and but they I would loved just, it. They, it doesn't have to be choreographed doesn't have to be no. rehearsed it's just kind of a natural I like, loved it yeah. so, it's just a take um, and she asks him if he knows anything about quantum gravity and he kind of pauses and thinks about it for a second but no and he's like I shoot things <laughs> Yeah, and I'm big <laughs> Uh, and she's like, apparently... Can I kill it? Is it my <laughs> staff weapon? What about my Zek gun? My staff weapon's downstairs, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's shitty. Uh, and she's like, apparently I don't either. And he wants to know how he can help. So she uses him as a sounding board. Mm-hmm. And the time dilation is wider than the gate room. And almost covers the entire SGC at this point. Um, and at least it's happening in advance of the gravity field, which, according to everything she thought she knew about physics, isn't possible. Uh, and since they're not getting pulled apart before the time slows down in spaghettification routes. Mm-hmm. Um, but Teal points out that, uh, you know, it's, it's happening. You yeah. can see it. It's, it's right not there. scary anymore. Yeah. And her frustration at this point is that they're using a plan that's assuming what they do know about physics and gravity and space time. They're not taking into consideration what they're actually seeing. Sure. Which contradicts everything they know. They're just going to blow it up without knowing anything. And she has just nothing she can do to stop it. That's true. So Jack and Cromwell start entering their codes and getting ready. Cromwell says that maybe Jack knows how he feels now. And Jack ignores him and also tells him stop in a single, are you done? Yeah. 
basically. Two minutes till This is not the time to yeah. have a heartfelt moment. Yeah. Especially because time is not a thing right now <laughs> that we should anybody be fucking with. Yeah. So there's no time for this. There's there's, there's only time to get things done. You're doing the wrong things anyway. Sam's about to tell you. I know. Yeah. This is, just fucking get the job done. Just get the job done. So on the surface, Sam still doesn't think this plan's gonna work. Uh, she's kind of showing... Um, Hammond this now. The field's grown into the control room. Uh, the wormhole's still gonna be there after this detonation mm-hmm. of the self-destruct. The rest of the mountain will collapse into the wormhole. Six months after that, Colorado. Six months after that, who knows? Um, but she's like, at least Daniel will live. Yeah. You know? I guess. Um, yeah, because that's who we need to live. Yeah. Daniel. <laughs> Good job, Daniel. And then um, he's gonna make it like a month by himself. <laughs> and then there'll be no Teal'c or Jack to save him from himself. From himself. <laughs> uh, from those STDs he's gonna get. <laughs> uh, but then suddenly Sam has it. Yeah, they use a bomb, but they have to focus it. Because this is the second episode in a row that they're using the same plan <laughs> that got them jumped to Antarctica. <laughs> they're just going to jump their gate to connect to some other planet, and then they can just turn it off like We're just going to keep using our backup gate. Yep. No, well, they're, they're not going to use the things. backup gate this time. That's true. They're not going to... They're just going to... Instead of... Like the wormhole, outward wormhole that they have jumping right. to the other gate, they're going to uh, jump their incoming wormhole to be connected the, okay. from an incoming gate from another planet. Gotcha. Because um, that magically works. Uh-huh. So in the control room, one minute left, Cromwell says that they used to be friends. Jack just says, yep. <laughs> and then we start to learn the backstory. Remember when we learned that Jack spent a couple months in the Iraqi prison? Yes. Yeah, Jack blames Cromwell for that shit. Well, there you go. Jack got hit, he went down, Cromwell made a judgment call to save the rest of the team, and Jack watched them take off and leave. Uh, Cromwell thought Jack was dead, and Jack points out that he thought wrong. Yeah, and I'd he, be kind of pissed, too, if I was abandoned. Yeah, he's like, what do you want me to do, forgive you? Because you're not getting that. Yeah, that's and, not happening. Um... And he's like, what's happened to nobody gets left behind? And Cromwell points to Boyd on the monitor and is like, what about him? Yeah, and he's Jack's basically like, being left behind. That's an entirely different scenario. And Cromwell's like, no, it's the same goddamn thing. Um, and that's when the glass from the control room shatters and flies towards the gate, uh, which is also the same time Sam and Silo walk in and go, don't blow shit up yet. Yeah, yet. stop. Um, so here's your thoughts. Is this the same situation or is it different? The fact that you think someone's dead, well, but they're not, so you kind of have to deal with it. I'm, I am kind of on Jack's thing right now because it's not of, it's not of. Oh, I think you're dead. I'm going to save everyone else, and there's not a necessarily thought of. Oh, we're going to come, maybe try back and get you. Like physically, they can. Laws of physics dictate they cannot go get them. Well, and and. To, to kind of go on your other point, too. One, if we save you, the entire universe dies. Yeah. Or, or there's no way for me to save you. Yeah. So those are the two things we're coming up on. In an Iraqi prison, there might be a way to save him. Yeah. But also, you're asking him to sacrifice himself. Now, this is the part that I have a hard time with, because Jack's not the type of guy... To be like, why didn't you sacrifice yourself to save Well, me? here's the thing. is like, I don't necessarily... There's no guarantee that Cromwell would have had to sacrifice That's himself. That's true. That's fair. You know, he's like... He went down and he saw Cromwell take off. And so there's the thought of, you know, Cromwell... Maybe it was just another 10, 15 minutes if he saw where he went yeah. down. And he's, he's here. He's like, I thought you were dead. Yeah. But there was no proof. There was no proof that he was dead. There's no... That's fair. He didn't know. make back. He didn't do a double kick. The whole idea is that no man gets left behind. Exactly. Right? So, yeah, no, that's fair. And so in this case, Boyd on a planet sucked behind an event horizon of a black There's hole. There's no way to go back. There's literally no way to go yeah. back. And it's not just, I made a judgment call because I thought you were dead. Yeah, I think this is to show the simplicity of Cromwell's thinking. Exactly. How do you compare an Iraqi prison to actual science? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's so fair. I was like... Like, I kind of think Jack has a point here. Sure, yeah. You know, Cromwell has a point if you want to just argue. Yeah. But, you know. Um, yeah, you could sit on either one, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. And I'm not going to consider this a spoiler because it happens in the novels, not in the TV show. Okay. But five years in the future, they 
through some plot device of a novel, uh, gain a gravity shield through some aggressive negotiations, if you want to say that, I think. And they're able to rescue SG-10. Um, and they just which ha- is this team? This is this. They're able wow. to go to this planet and actually rescue them from the black hole. Be on the other side of the event horizon because they have like a shield. I don't know how it works, but they have some gravity shield. Um, and so in this case, it really is no man was left behind. That's true. Um, and well, maybe he's stuck on that. He got stuck on that idea with Cromwell yeah, for so hard that he I needed think something. They lose that. one member of SG ten, but they come back to Earth and resume work with the SGC. And it was it was five years in real time, but only a couple hours for the team. Geez, wouldn't you that be enough to retire them? Yeah, forever? yeah, I never. Really but I guess if to them it's been like a what an hour, then yeah. it's not a big deal. Yeah, I guess. Um, so, Siler drops a rope towards the Stargate because Sideways is now down, and... Because gravity. Sam has this amazing, like, sure, that's a thing now, look on her face. <laughs> but shouldn't Siler be, like, leaning back because he's getting then pulled towards the gate, or have to, like, throw the rope until it gets caught by the other grab? It's... Something. I yeah. Don't think too closely to this. Um, Jack, Jack and Cromwell have... Yeah, just, just skim that surface. Just, just kind of skim right on, over it. Oh, that's a cool effect. And yep. moving on. So, Jack and Cromwell have G-suits on. Reality the suspended. <laughs> yeah. No, really. Um, they're sending a shaped charge down to explode the start the uh, gate. It's being flown in from Travis and should be here soon, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. Travis Air Force Base. We've heard that name before. Yes. Siler isn't sure how much longer the iris will hold. I'm not sure why, but Jack and Cromwell give their dog tags to Sam. Just reasons? reasons? I don't know. There probably is an ag- actual reason for that. Is it just an no idea clue. that they they pretty they're pretty sure they're gonna die? But the thing is, is like. They already know the identification of them. They wouldn't need the dog well, isn't there to a symbolism them? to that? Like maybe there's someone that you give these two back home. I don't know. to hang on to. I I don't know. There's uh, I don't know. To sure, That's maybe. Fair. But Teal'c walks, tucks into the bomb, uh, and I just like to assume that that bomb weighs like three hundred pounds, and mm-hmm. Teal'c's just like you know, yeah. feather. It's like it's he's no like maybe it's like a bowling ball to him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Teal'c asks if the bomb can be sent off remotely, just so Sam can explain for the audience's sake that it has to be set a certain distance from the gate, and the timer yeah. can't be set until it's in position because of the time dilation. Sure. And or Jack else it won't go off when it should. Exactly. And Jack and Cromwell bond for a moment about how Sam is way smarter than they are. Yeah, Which is, much. yes. So Jack and Cromwell start descending, quote-unquote, towards <laughs> the gate. Um, black holes, wormholes, just like old times. Hey, there you go. So, on the surface, Simmons and Hammonds hope they can shut down the gate, and they'll find out sometime tomorrow. <laughs> Talk about Antissa. Patient. <laughs> so, in the gate room, uh, Jack says that they're starting to feel the G's now. Uh, they feel like they've it's put like on a fun a- roller coaster. It's like the coolest roller coaster you've ever been on. <laughs> that doesn't move. death. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they feel like they put on a couple hundred pounds, and we mm-hmm. actually see this fantastic overhead shot of the gravity actually warping the event horizon into yeah. a giant cone <laughs> behind the iris, so they no one else can see this. Um, from Teal'c and Sam's perspective, I do understand that feeling though, because like when you get out of the pool, yeah, and you feel like you're gonna fall on the yeah. floor because yeah. you're so heavy. I'm sure it's totally the same it's the thing. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> From Teal'c and Sam's perspective, it looks like, and Siler, can't forget Siler, it looks like uh, Jack and Cromwell are just moving very slowly, mm. and we see gravity start to pull a chair across the room. That's not good. It also shadows another window, and Sam yells down to Jack and Cromwell, who hear, like, a slow echo in time to look up and see the glass flying to them. <laughs> they brace for it, and we can see one has cut a piece of Cromwell's line. And it also kind of cuts their face and arms a little bit. It warps the iris as it hits. Like, you can see it bending and flexing. Right. And Jack, like, kind of stumbles and falls a bit closer to the gate down. Uh, Because the iris is basically trying to fight this thing. Yes. Whether we know it or not, and whether it knows it or not, it's kind of trying to fight the situations going on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And Jack's like, this is close enough. (laughs) And Cromwell uh, goes to set it, um, even if they know they won't be able to get out. Sure. So the iris below them actually finally succumbs and falls into the gate. We see the massive, you know, gravity warp cone of death. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cromwell flips over to help Jack as Jack orders him to set the bomb. Cromwell's rope breaks. 
Jack tries to hold on to him, and the two of them have an entire conversation via eyes. <laughs> yeah, uh, some of those great eye yeah, acting. No speech. Both of them are not necessarily... No, they're both speakers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cromwell knows that Jack's rope is not going to hold both of them and lets go before Jack can say anything, and sure. it's just gone like that. Uh, and Jack watches the rum roll for a second, just going, fuck. <laughs> to be fair, whether he wanted to say it faster or not, yeah. he probably couldn't. That's literally, yeah. he was saying it, yeah. fuck. He was just like, fuck. But it came out as, yeah. fuck. <laughs> um, Gravity Fox, that's my new name. <laughs> Gravity Fox. <laughs> that's my new bad name. <laughs> that doesn't one. sound inappropriate at all. <laughs> uh, so he looks at the, the rum roll second before he recovers to the rope, and and like clips back in, tries pulling himself back up, throws the pulls the pin of the bomb, throws it into game as a final fuck you to the black hole. <laughs> starts climbing up. Teal'c and, and Sam and Siler are like pull, pull faster, yeah. pull Keep faster. On. Yeah, and all the muscles are rippling at this moment. Like yeah. if you have just seen, you think Cap- they like took a like a take and then were like, hold on, I gotta oil everybody up. <laughs> like, okay, now keep pulling. If you just saw the most recent Captain America, yeah. think of the scene of Cap holding the helicopter yeah. in, and <laughs> like it's just there for muscles. Like, Little random scene. trivia: um, when they shot that, Chris Evans asked if he could be not wearing a shirt because he worked out so hard, uh, and they were like, too. "There's no reason." Reason for that, and he's like, "All right, fine." <laughs> Sorry, you need a reason yeah. for that. I would have been happy without Somehow, a reason. It just got ripped. It's just oh, it, was so it got hard. cut so hard. It's a cheap Abercrombie shirt. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so he doesn't make it to the control before the bomb goes off and everything just goes white. But we then cut to the infirmary, like the infirmary light, and we <laughs> away. And Daniel asked if he missed anything. Dork. <laughs> I have no other word except you're a dork. Shut um, up, dork. <laughs> Teal'c, uh, Teal'c said that, the, or they say that Teal'c helped get him far enough away before the bomb went off. Mm. The wormhole jumped and they just turned it off. Yeah. And Hammond says they're now installing a trinium-laced iris. What does that do? Well, Trinium is the, the one from Fifth Race. Okay, They're really correct. strong. Yeah. Gotcha. And it's apparently since Jack reported for work yesterday, two weeks have gone by, and Jack is just going to sleep in. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so, yeah. This is uh, fun. Very sciencey episode. <laughs> Which is why I love it. That's all I got. I got no more. For me, it's hard to follow the science. I, listen, I know I could. I know I could apply myself. And, <laughs> and it is interesting. Yeah. It's just not mine. That's just not mine. <laughs> I can imagine. So I dig it. It's fun. Uh, I'd watch it again, but it probably doesn't go on my list. Shocker. I know it's going to go on my list. This goes on my list. What? The question <laughs> is, is this go before or after Secrets? Oh. Um, I think this one goes right below Secrets. Okay. Um, so my list is still Thor's Chariot Secrets. Now, Matter of Time, to- sorry, Secrets, Matter of Time, Tok'ra, Spirits. Dig it. And I knocked Serpent's Lair off my list. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. So mine is still staying strong with all its little slashes. Yeah. It's Bane, uh, Need slash Secrets, uh, Tok'ra, <laughs> Prisoners slash Spirits, and Touchstone. Um, I have a feeling Touchstone's not going to stick around. Yeah, but it's there for now. But it's there for now. But we'll see what's next. So what is next for us? The next is Fifth Race, which everyone who's doing a watch with me is cheering right now (laughs) because we finally get to watch Fifth Race and it is an amazing episode. I cannot wait to watch it. I dig it. I'm excited. I know that you're excited, which makes me excited for Fifth Race. It's been such a long weekend that I'm all for this right now. This is Fifth Race is one of the um You know, if you want to consider this kind of the X-Files routes, you have your mythology episodes in your Monsters of the Week. Okay. Stargate has its its mythology episodes and then it's Planet of the Week. Okay. So this is one of the major, major, like, uh, architecture world building episodes for the series, I think. I'm for that. Um, This will be fun. I'm super excited for Fifth Race. Let's do this. Yes. Thanks, everybody, for listening this week. Um, Thanks for sticking around all the science. Uh, I promise never to sing at you guys again. Uh, Just kidding. I can't promise that. That'll probably happen a hundred times from now. Uh, But always feel free to tweet us uh, at Terra Podcast. Yes. We have been going around the Twitters of late, and we're quite excited about that, which means we've gotten a number of new listeners. So if you are a new listener... 
and this is where you're starting to jump on the Stargate train with us. Uh, welcome, and we love all of you, and you're awesome, and... Pretty much the coolest people ever. Yeah, basically. This is so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you can also find us on Facebook at There's No Place Like Tara. Or you can also send us an email. And those are fun, too. I I, I kind of like responding to the emails. They make emails me feel are fun. like I'm important. <laughs> uh, at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. And if you're putting spoilers, talking about anything past the fifth race, just put spoilers in there because I siphon those away and redact them for it's, Grace's Yeah, It's reading. actually very effective. Yeah. It's been very effective because I'm like, no, don't read that. Nope, can't. can't I actually will make her a copy and I will literally like put x's it's or, or, thing. or like black rectangles it's kind of fun in the yeah. parts that she can't read it's, it's it's a fun thing so it's good stuff anyway thanks again everybody for listening we will see you guys next week with episode 39 the fifth race